You are listening to Keystone Stock Talk Podcast, episode 163. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Keystocks and on Facebook or via our 24-hour streaming radio station, pennystocks.fm. And keep submitting your stocks via the usual social channels or at our website, keystocks.com, for our Your Stock Artake segment. And we just might review your stock in an upcoming show and let you know if it is a buy, sell, or hold. We're back starting this week's episode with a discussion on stock splits. Why, you may ask? Well, Alphabet, or aka Google, recently announced it will be proceeding with a 20 for 1 stock split. Given the company has been a long-term focus buy recommendation, we are here to talk about how stock splits work and why multiple analysts and financial talking heads have proclaimed this a bullish sign for Alphabet stock. In our Your Stock, Our Take segment, Aaron answers a listener question on Intel Corporation, INTC on the NASDAQ, the world's largest manufacturer of PC microprocessors, which just announced a proposed $58 billion acquisition of Tower Semiconductor. The listener points out that Intel has a low PE, pays a good dividend, and appears out of favor, and asks whether it we see value in the stock at present. Brennan also answers a listener question on Screen Pro Security Inc., symbol SCRN on the CSE, a screening and medical technology company that provides turnkey COVID-19 screening solutions with its alerting software, GoStop. The listener asks if we see value and growth potential in the recent listing. So let's get to our show. Welcome to my co-host Brennan and Aaron. We just finished up the Outlook conference over the past week. So how was your week, and uh, how did you find uh, the actual event, the virtual event? Well, uh, it was a virtual event, as you said. So it's it's nothing obviously like we're used to in the past. I mean, normally in the past, the World Outlook conference would be this big deal for us and also an opportunity to meet a lot of um, people who have been using our research for many years or have been following us for many years so really hoping that this uh that this goes back to an in-person event next year but still you know we're able to get the we're able to get the content out to people which is better than nothing yeah, for sure. We're hoping to get back and, uh, you know, shake some hands or bump from some fists or whatever we do today. Well, handshaking uh, at, ever at come back, event. do you think? Like, do you um, think for some people, some people not, right? You know, right. there's, uh, uh, yeah, it's a good question. I, I think that, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be individual to individual and uh, over time and how this whole thing progresses over the next year. I would think that we're going to get back to in-person this time next year, so it'll be good to see. Well, and, I would uh, agree. I would agree. Yeah, yeah it'll Looks be like good we're heading too. in that direction. So Yeah, for sure. And uh, we'll actually be able to bring Brennan out to Vancouver again. You bet. Right, Brennan? You bet. You I suffer personally. You know, I suffer from clammy hands. I know that that's a little embarrassing for myself. So, <laughs> so you know. you're going to be somebody who says, you know, yeah, I'm not you're gonna be shaking bumping. hands because of, of COVID. 
but really mm-hmm. it's yeah, also shake it's hands but it's just you know i gotta give it the quick you know pant rub before i uh you know give you my well, sweaty at least hands, you know so. to do that at least you mm-hmm. know to do that yeah we've, exactly we've been yeah. we've worked with people that have sweaty hands before and i've had to give them the tutorial or something. <laughs> do that. yeah 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 there's, uh, there's, there's, <laughs> no we could do a whole show on i think we could do a whole show on handshaking there's like the close handshaker yeah. and there's the you know the soft the limp handshaker or somebody he goes in too strong yeah donald trump there's yeah. a ton of it Somebody's sounds like a sign for that episode yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. there's yeah. a whole psychology behind it right yeah oh yeah without a doubt anyways uh brennan i'm gonna start off i got a question for you okay okay say you had a hundred dollar bill and someone offered you two fifty dollar bills for it would you accept the offer would you make that trade um sure yeah a hundred dollar bill well for like fifty dollar uh, bills I'm gonna say sure. I'm I'm gonna say no. <laughs> I mean yeah. I'm in the same position. Well, like, here's 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 my answer. Like like most of your questions to me, that one was kind of pointless, right? So most people. <laughs> wow. <laughs> most I know it's terrible. Most people don't get excited over a proposition like this, and rightfully so. You end up with the same amount of money, but in the start stock market. Um, however, when presented with a similar situation, investors often lose their minds with joy. The situation I'm talking about is stock splits. Recently, one of our longer term recommendations, Alphabet, again, aka Google, announced a 20 for one stock split. So we thought a quick primer on stock splits, a relatively simple concept really, was in order. So I'm going to get into that right now and then let you guys comment after. Uh, What is a stock split? A stock split is an action performed by a public company or stock that increases the number of outstanding shares. You can also do a reverse, and I'll get into that in a second. But it's done by dividing the shares into multiple shares, essentially, diminishing its stock price in the process. A stock split, though, does not do anything to the company's market capitalization or value. This figure remains the same. The same way a $100 bill's value doesn't change when it's exchanged for 250s. With a two-for-one stock split, each stockholder receives an additional share for each share held, but the value of each share is reduced by half. This means two shares are now equal to the original value of one share before the split. I can give you an actual example of this to help illustrate. Stock A trades at $50, has 10 million shares issued or outstanding, this gives a market cap 50 times 10 million of 500 million. The company then implements a two-for-one stock split. For each share shareholders currently own, they receive another. They now have two shares for each one previously held, but the stock price is cut by 50%, cut in half, from 50 to 25. Again, we'll note the market cap stays the same, doubling the number of shares outstanding to 20 million while simultaneously reducing the stock price by half or 50%. for a capitalization or market cap or value, again, at $500 million. So the true value of the company hasn't changed at all. Like we said, there are reverse stock splits as well. Companies can implement a reverse stock split, say a 1 for 10 split. That means for every 10 shares you own, you get one share. But that's a a different scenario, but a, a modification of a stock split. So let's get into why do companies do this? Um... There are many reasons cited, uh, but the first and the most basic one is psychological, really, uh, or psychology behind it. As the price of a stock gets higher and higher, some investors, rightfully, wrongfully, feel the price is 
too high for them to buy. And many small investors you'll hear saying uh, that it's unaffordable. They can't afford to buy shares in that company. Splitting the stock brings the share price down to more attractive level in theory. While the actual value again of the stock doesn't change at all, the lower stock price may affect the way the stock is perceived, enticing new investors, so they say. Splitting the stock also gives existing shareholders the feeling they are suddenly, they have more shares than they did before. And of course, if the price rises, they have more stock to trade. And this gets into the next reason, and arguably for some companies, a more logical one, it's to... Companies do a split to increase the stock's liquidity. This increases the number of shares outstanding. Stocks that trade above $100 per share, for example, at times can have larger bid-ask spreads. Um, We don't see as much of that today, but it can happen. Now, again, neither of these reasons or potential effects agree with financial theory. From a purely financial perspective, splits are totally irrelevant, yet companies still do them. Splits are good, a good demonstration of how corporate actions and investor behavior do not always fall in line with financial theory. The very fact, or this fact, has opened up a wide uh, and relatively new area of financial study called behavioral finance. We could probably get into that more in another show. So finally, I'm going to look at Alphabet specifically in the wake of Alphabet's 20 for 1 stock split, split, not a spit. Uh, I have read many articles going so far as to say, and many along these lines, Google stock is finally affordable, quote unquote, or this is a direct quote from a Bank of America article, an analyst declaring that Alphabet split decision bodes well for the shares. So this article that I'm going to reference here, the analyst in there does say, well, it does not fundamentally change the company's split can increase liquidity. He points that out. Um, He said Alphabet shares are currently the most expensive. Now, using the word expensive there is strange, but um, trading at $2,800. Bank of America Research Investment Committee wrote in a note, a 20 for one split would mean the company will trade at $140 per share. So the article says, here's the data, quote unquote, to back this up. Now, based on Bloomberg's corporate action Data since 1980, S&P 500 stocks that have announced stock splits have significantly outperformed the index 3, 6, and 12 months after the initial announcement. Stocks that have split on average gained 25% over the next 12 months versus 9% for the broader index. Finally here, uh, the article does go on to point out that most stocks that split do so because their share price was performing well, indicating strong momentum, and that tends to continue. To that, I say, duh. In my opinion, the fact stocks have performed well following a stock split is not a result of the split itself. It is a product of the fact that the strong fundamentals, cash flow growth in the business that push the share price higher, causing the split tend to continue in the near term following the split. Saying the split caused the outperformance is akin to saying the tail is wagging the dog. You are assigning power to the wrong source. What powers the stock is strong financial performance, not a stock split. So in conclusion, don't buy a stock for a split. Buy it if you see strong performance continuing going forward. Hopefully that long-winded answer makes sense. No, it's a good analogy with the uh, the $100 bill and the 250s. Um, yeah, I think it hits home. 
yeah, and, and that's really basically what it comes down to. So the stock split is, is completely psychological. People look at that high share price, which was close to 3000 uh, per share, and they think that, you know, well, I can't afford that. But I mean, if you're even investing $3,000, you, um, you, you, you could just buy one share and, and that's, that's perfectly fine. Now, I suppose in, in a lot of cases, if somebody were to say, well, I want to invest $5,000 in this particular company and you don't have a brokerage that will do a fractional share purchase for you, in that case, having the lower number of shares um, does make sense and does have some type of, of indirect value because you can, you can buy it more. Um, you, you can buy it in proportions that will actually fit the investment that you're going to make more easily but for the vast majority of people you know it's it's really a non-issue you know you, you can buy one two ten shares 15 shares 20 shares and um it's it's just really it's it's primarily a psychological issue yeah for sure and i mean it, 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 i guess if it helps people um you know gain exposure to alphabet or google uh, it's fine it you know it, it it helps um it's just we don't want to make an investment decisions based on a company doing a spot stock split and i think um that was articulated uh, certainly in my answer yeah there. you yeah. know one yeah. point i'll actually make here really quickly is that warren buffett with his berkshire hathaway so there's there's multiple classes of shares now but for many years for an extended period of time he did not do any stock splits and his the share price of berkshire was in the hundreds of thousands i don't know what it is right now for the for the class a shares which i believe are the ones that, that don't split but he specifically did not want to split the stock and the reason for that is that he wanted it in strong hands he didn't want it to be actively traded uh by people that were going to own smaller position sizes so there's there's also a flip side as well i think that most of the ownership of google would probably be institutional in which case the the lower share price would mean nothing to them for for some in, for some retail investors it, it may may make it somewhat easier to buy for sure i'd like yeah, to add to, i think that's a good summary i'd like to Brennan, add to, you got anything just to add? one last point just on like the point of momentum that you were kind of saying um you know tesla ended up doing a five for one share split back in the summer of 2021 and like you were saying you know tesla ended up outperforming because you know why i would say is that momentum and it ended up you know putting up i believe a 40 percent return through the end of the year after it split so you know that momentum was just continuing and maybe not because of you know good fundamental financial performance but maybe speculation regardless momentum was you know behind it uh and it did you know outperform yeah and i would argue i mean there was good growth in terms of the revenues and you know the company became more profitable over that period you know what one thing we haven't seen is a company do a split and then poop the bed financially for the next year and have a good return (laughs) it's 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 not going to happen so that will tell you you know what is driving uh the share price you know it's not going to be uh, just the split itself. You know, if a company comes out, it's not going to keep going up because it did a split. If they come out, do a split, and then you know you see some you know terrible financial event occur to the company or growth starts decelerating, the stock price is not going to do well. Uh, so it, it is going to be you know you have that split. Often it's because there's been good financial performance that has boost, boosted the share price to high levels. Uh, that's why you're seeing a. Um, you know, you're seeing uh, the the outperformance after a split, and and this the other thing I'll touch on is the concept of like an expensive stock. 
Um, we talk about this all the time. You can have a, a, a cheap stock at $1,000 a share and an expensive stock at a dollar per share. So those are concepts that it sounds strange, but you know, it's all what you're paying for the underlying business. Um, it, it, you know, you can have a stock with no earnings or declining earnings at a dollar that's totally. you know, expensive and a stock with tremendous underlying growth in earnings that's trading at $1,000 that might be cheap. So those are things that we, we try to, you know, on a, you look at a stock based on valuations, not based on price. For sure. So and it, and even know, just should. relative to the number of shares outstanding yeah. in the company as well. You could have a company that is trading at a dollar with 200 million shares or a billion shares and makes no yes. revenues and very little, very little revenues. Whereas you could have another company that's trading at a price of $10 per share with 20 million shares outstanding that has strong revenues and strong earnings, right? So it's yeah. people do tend to look at the stock price. We always push them away from that. And it, it really has nothing to do with the nominal level of the stock price, whether it's a $5 stock, a $50 stock, a $1,000 stock. It really comes down to what is it relative to earnings and what is it relative to revenue? Yeah. And building off of Ryan's points, like I remember sending this, uh, you know, article to you guys um, by Bloomberg Business and just the headline is want to own alphabet stock question mark. It'll soon be cheaper to buy, you know, so that relates exactly to what Ryan says. You know, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily cheaper yeah. if it splits. Anyways, anyways. Yeah, no, and those are the articles you see all over right now, and it, it doesn't make it cheaper. You know, mm -hmm. it makes it, it just, <laughs> you're actually bought, paying the exact same amount. Precisely. You know? Anyways, we've gone through that. Let's good. Let's get to our Your Stock, Our Take segment. It's time we answer a question on Your Stock in a little segment we like to call Your Stock, Our Take. Buy, sell, or hold. Um, we had one come in from Andrew via Facebook on Screen Pro Security Inc. S C R N on the CSE. Brennan, that's yours. Perfect, thank you. So Screen Pro Security Inc. S C R N on the CSE. Uh, currently trading at a price of only two cents. Uh, it is a nano cap, I would say, and it has a market cap of about eight point three million dollars. So Screen Pro, Screen Pro Security is a screening and medical technology company that provides turnkey COVID-19 screening solutions with its alerting software, GoStop. The company has ac access to multiple manufacturers of high quality test kits and partnerships with labs in Vancouver and Ontario, which allow the company to be a nationwide provider of full service testing solutions across Canada. So a few key points here. The company was essentially a spin-off from Datametrics, uh, or DM, on the TSXV, where in March of 2021, the company completed a reverse takeover transaction and began trading on the CSE. Uh, since listing, uh, the company's shares have been in quite a bit of a slide, down from around $0.15 cents to just $0.02, cents, uh, where they are trading today. And in January 2022, the company announced it is expanding newly deployed mobile testing units in the greater Vancouver and greater Toronto area. So looking at the recent financial results uh, for Q3 of 2021, the company does have revenue, which is great. Uh, they had uh, 3.9 million compared to no revenue for the same quarter last year. Uh, they are making a profit with net income of 724000 compared to a loss of about 38000 for Q3 of 2020. Adjusted EBITDA was about 812000 compared to a loss of 32000 uh, last year. And the balance sheet does have about 150000 in cash with no debt. 
And looking at the valuation basis, this is why I believe you know it, it came across Andrew Screener. This is why he pulled it out. Uh, if we an, if we annualize net income in the last quarter, we can reasonably predict the company to generate about three million in earnings on a run rate, uh, which provides a price to earnings multiple of about two point eight times, which looks extremely uh, cheap. But you know we'll we'll get into that a little bit further here. So in the company's uh, investor presentation, they did provide some pro forma projections for 2022, 2023, and 2024, where in 2022, they're projecting to do about 4.5 million in net income. 2023, they're projecting to do about 8 million in net income. And then 2024, they're projecting to do about 11 million. Now, if these projections can be achieved, I certainly believe the company could offer value in its current range. But whether these targets are achievable, and I would argue that they, you know, especially if when we're going out to 2022 or 2023 and 2024, that they're not, um, you know, especially when we're potentially coming out of a pandemic and into an and endemic, uh, you know, these projections are uh, very questionable in, in my mind. So uh, keep that uh, in mind. So our take here. Personally, I think it's a very interesting business that is breaking into profitability, has a good balance sheet, and is trading with low valuation multiples. But the forward thesis here does have some question marks around it as to whether COVID-19 testing will continue to offer growth opportunities going forward, especially if one thinks uh, that we are on the way out of the pandemic. And this is realistically the primary risk here. The market is always looking forward, and with the possibility that COVID testing will start to decline in the mid to near future, the low valuation multiples may be an indication that the market anticipates growth in earnings to begin to wane, and thus those lower multiples justified. But on the other hand, the case can certainly be made that COVID-19 testing will be a key aspect of our world for years to come and offer the company growth potential. Now, I am skeptical on whether the company can achieve their pro forma revenue and earnings guidance provided in their investor presentation, like I said before, but if achieved, the stock could possibly offer value. However, the bottom line here is that this is a high risk play for individuals who believe COVID-19 testing will offer the company significant room for growth, which in my opinion is pretty difficult to predict going forward. Even if we look at our prediction show in uh, January of 2021, you know, I predicted that this time, uh, or right now that we'd be out of uh, COVID. You know, I was wrong. I'm predicting next year, this time we'll be out of COVID. I could be wrong. I don't know. You know, it's really, uh, there's question marks in the air. Uh, it's definitely, you know, um, a spec play, um, but it's an interesting business. They actually have profitability, which is good, um, you know, compared to many of these testing companies that had nothing, nothing to show at the beginning of the pandemic and were absolute high flyers. I, I definitely say spec is is the term I would use to describe the company as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a good summary of the business. I think it like dovetails into some of the discussions we've had on companies that got a t- either temporary or, you know, somewhat prolonged during the period bump from, uh, you know, unique conditions that operated within the, the pandemic period and, and continue to kind of be extended right now but are waning i mean you you look at a company that we looked at um at you know the start of and midway through the pandemic a company called nautilus inc on the new york stock exchange nls um is the symbol 
certainly, you know, got a massive bump up in terms of sales from people buying home equipment for their gyms because you couldn't go out to a gym. You wanted, you were insulated, you were at home more. So you went out and bought, you know, a, a like, like, te- you know, Peloton was built during that period, right? Um, but, you know, a Nautilus, I mean, I went out and bought a, like a stair climber type thing or a, a elliptical type device, but I'm not going to buy five of them. I'm not going to continue to buy. We bought one of them, put it in the home, use it in the home. But uh, they got that one time bump. But, uh, you know, this this time last year, the stock was trading at twenty nine dollars. And I think in the last year they did, you know, over three dollars in earnings. So you're talking about, you know, under 10 times earnings. But the, the problem is going forward, analyst estimates are for like a huge drop off in growth to potentially negative earnings in 2023. So the stock is now trading at $5 from 29 to $5, just a tremendous destruction of your capital in that company. Uh, it looked good at the time, but you know, they got a one-time type bump that really has had zero sustainability. And if you don't have growth, Brennan mentioned, the market is always looking forward. If there's not growth, uh, people, investors are not willing to pay up at all for a stock. You need to have that growth going forward. If you don't, uh, stocks get punished. And, you know, we, we're trying to be very wary of these type of situations. Uh, in terms of the company, Screen Pro. Uh, the projections look great, and it, you know, based on those, it may offer some value. Uh, but you know, there were projections for a company like Nautilus that looked relatively rosy at the time. But uh, when you have an end market that is declining, uh, again, just investors aren't willing to pay much up uh, for that type of business. One little prediction that I will make on this company is that we just talked about about. Uh, about stock splits where you're reducing the price of the company and increasing the number of shares outstanding. Well, this is a company that's probably going to do the opposite, a reverse split. I'm seeing 400 and over 400 million shares outstanding on this tiny company, less than 10 million in market cap. So that's a huge number of shares outstanding. It's only what a two cent stock. More than likely, this is this is going to be a company that does uh, does a reverse split at some point in the future, and that in and of itself is once again just like with the stock split, is just a psychological thing. But it's usually mm-hmm. not a good sign. We talked about how companies that do that do stock splits usually do them because there's good momentum in the share price, and typically the opposite is true for a company that does that that does reverse split. Uh, 450 million shares. They have they have re, they have issued a lot of shares on this on this tiny business. So likely that's going to happen soon. Agreed. Okay, now let's get into our second your stock our take. It's time we answer a question on your stock in a little segment we like to call your stock our take. Buy, sell, or hold. Aaron has that. That's on Intel Corporation. I N T C. Take it away, Aaron. Great. My pleasure. So Intel Corporation, it's trading at a price of about $48 per share right now, $196 billion market cap, and it does provide a nice yield of 3%. What does Intel do? Intel is, is a designer and manufacturer of microprocessors for computer system manufacturers. They also produce motherboard chipsets, network interface controllers, and integrated circuits, flash memory, graphics tri- chips, 
uh, embedded processors and other devices related to communications and computing. Intel is the second largest chip manufacturer in the world by revenue. We've monitored Intel for several years because at face value, the company does have some interesting characteristics. One would think that it would have been a strong performer over the last year, given the chip shortages that we've experienced and that the fact that some semiconductor and chip companies have had very strong returns over this period. For example, Intel's competitor, Advanced Microsystems, AMD, is up almost 30% over the last year. And this is after a very sizable pullback since November. But unfortunately, Intel stock has done less than nothing for investors over the past year, down 24% in the past 12 months. Looking back three years even, the stock price has moved up and down a lot, but ultimately hasn't gone anywhere. Compare that once again to AMD, which has exploded and is up nearly 500% over the past three years. With all the innovation that has happened in technology over this period, it's hard to understand how Intel shareholders have not participated in these gains. A few things to note are that Intel has taken a lot of heat essentially for more than a decade for losing out on some key shifts in the technology market. This started with the emergence of smart devices like iPads and iPhones, which Intel missed. Later on, it was graphic processing units or GPUs, which are used in gaming, but also used in AI and machine learning systems. The situation here is that there have been lost opportunities for the company and the market legitimately questions Intel's ability to continue to innovate and maintain market share while playing catch up with some of its competitors. We'll take a look at the recent financial results. The company does look cheap, trading at about six times cash flow but it's not been a growth stock. Revenue is up about, was up about 3% in the last quarter and revenue growth has averaged about 4% annually over the past three years. Earnings per share, non-GAAP earnings per share in the last quarter were down 21% and basically flat or down about 2% for the full year of 2021. Based on the company's guidance, it looks like they are expecting another sizable drop in earnings per share, non-GAAP for the first quarter of 2022 with guidance at $0.80 cents per share compared to actual performance of $1.39 per share in the same quarter of the previous year. I would classify Intel as a value stock, but it's not a value stock that I would personally rush out to buy. The financial performance has been lackluster and it appears that the expectation is for, is for negative earnings growth in 2022, while competitors like AMD are expected to continue to grow earnings at a double digit rate. There is the recently announced $5 billion acquisition of Tower Semiconductor. Intel says that they expect this acquisition to be immediately accretive. This could help, but I don't know if it solves the company's underlying problems, one of which is complete lack of confidence from investors. I would personally take a wait and see approach on Intel. There's no reason that I can see uh, that would persuade me to rush into the stock right now, especially given the negative momentum in the stock price and the negative earnings growth expected to start off the year. Intel is a story that I believe definitely needs a turnaround and I would not park much capital with a company until I see a clear sign that this turnaround is happening. So we would, we would continue to monitor the stock, but we would not be buyers of the company right now. Yeah, it's a good summary, low valuations, but again, without the growth that we would like to see when we're looking at a business, it just uh, would probably keep us on the sidelines at present.
So I think that's going to close out our show this week. Any uh, any other uh, anything anybody wants to add at the end, Brennan? I, I could add something. Um, I do want to say that okay. uh, I did do we end up. Hear it, uh, I mean, you guys do. I think the listeners want to. I did end up passing the level two CFA exam uh, oh. not too too long ago. Um, so I did get back on the horse and uh, you know passed it finally. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to let everybody know that I'm not a big failure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, not of the CFA Nobody. anyways. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Nobody was basing your uh your status as a failure in life no, on that no. anyway, so don't worry. No. Don't worry. You could still be one if you want. I probably am know, one. But... To be a failure. No. Not at all. Highly <laughs> successful. I know. At some point, we'll we'll keep the listeners abreast of um, my prediction about you attaining a girlfriend during this year, and we'll have some news on that. I'm going to foreshadow that going forward. Yeah, we'll see. So about that, that. that's we'll something see. that we really need to get to, and that could <laughs> that'll secure your status <laughs> as loser or non-loser. That's what we, no, we uh, kid, we kid, of course. Um, we are looking forward to getting out. Uh, it's in less than a month's time, I think. Now we're getting out to our uh, our first uh, big research uh, jaunt that we've had since the pandemic in California, and meet with a number of management teams. I saw that there's almost 400 companies going to the event now, so we're uh, we're uh, encouraged to go, and uh, it'd be good to sit down with some management teams and get uh, in front of those teams and get some that type of research done that we haven't been able to do for a couple of years. All right. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody for sending in their questions and uh, comments to uh, for our Your Stock, Our Take segments. If you got a company or a couple companies you want us to compare or debate, send that in and we can get that done over the next week. Uh, again, rate us and review us on uh, iTunes. It uh, helps us pump out good content for you every week. Again, I'd like to wish everybody out there profitable investing. Thank you. Profitable investing. Thanks, everyone.